Welcome to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. I would obviously like to start the show by saying that my prayers continue to be with Bill Safety Demar Hamlin, who suffered cardiac arrest during Monday Night Football, the Bills Bengals game, which was postponed or at least for now, and we'll see what happens with that. But basically, the whole country and the world is supporting Hamlin, coming behind Hamlin, and hoping that he makes a full recovery. And there weren't many updates at first. It's a little after noon Eastern time as of the time of this recording. But just a little bit ago, the Bills made a very positive statement saying that Hamlin has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. And that while he's still critically ill, he appears to be neurologically intact, which is the best news of all, I think. Because that was the big concern for many that he might have some type of brain issue after the events of Monday night. So again, continuing to pray for him, the medical personnel at the Paycor Field, the Bengal Stadium, did a fantastic job to give Hamlin a shot, and he's battling to hopefully get back to 100%, and of course the hospital staff. So continuing to pray, and it does feel a little bit weird talking about the NFL when it's this is what everyone's thinking about right now, Hamlin's health. But with that said, this will be a normal show this week, though it will be a little different. We're not going to go too deeply into the Week 18 matchups, final week of the regular season. Instead, we're going to run down the power rankings, 1-32, to 32, hit all 32 teams. And part of the reason for that, next week, probably won't dive too much into the non-playoff teams as we look ahead to the postseason. So this episode will give some, maybe some insight, some of the worst teams in the league as they gear up to play one more game than enter the offseason. And you'll be able to find... Game picks on wolfsports.com later today. So if you're looking for matchup information, I recommend going to wolfsports.com and check it out. But for the power rankings, right now I have the Bills at number one. They were number two last week. Eagles fell a couple of spots, or a few spots after their second straight loss without Jalen Hurts in the lineup. But for Buffalo, they're at number one right now. Clearly it's going to be tough for them to play while they're thinking about Hamlin. And again, hopefully Hamlin continues to show improvement over the next few days. But it looks like Buffalo will host New England this week. They've had the Patriots number. With the win, the Bills get to 13-3. and three. But with the uncertainty surrounding the Bills-Bengals game, we're not sure how seating will work out. I would think they might do what they can to make up the game. Maybe that means adding a Week 19 for just that matchup and pushing the playoffs back and eliminating the bye week before the Super Bowl, but again, a tough spot for Buffalo playing with heavy hearts, thinking about their brother and teammate, but they're a complete team. They come in at number one in the power rankings right now with Philly dropping. Number two, the Chiefs at 13-3. and three. Actually had some trouble with the Broncos last week. Both matches with Denver this season were surprisingly, uh, I guess, relatively battles for the Chiefs. I guess not that surprising in division rival despite Denver's major struggles all year. Running back Jarek McKinnon, again, scored a touchdown, five straight games with the receiving touchdown. I think I saw that's the longest streak in the Super Bowl era for running back. Patrick Mahomes, he did miss some throws uh, down the field. Could have been an even bigger day for him. Travis Kelsey didn't have a huge day. I expect Mahomes and Kelsey and the Chiefs overall maybe to bounce back facing a Raiders team they always get up for. And again, maybe they could clinch the one seed depending on what Happens with Bills Bengals. Number three, the Bengals at 11 and 4. 
we're off to a good start on Monday night before the game was stopped, but really not a lot. We can go off from last week with the game ending in the first quarter for now, and again, we'll see if they pick it up at some point. But Cincinnati is very likable the way they handled the situation last week and supporting the Bills and doing whatever Buffalo wanted to do, basically. And right now, the big three in the AFC, they're the three teams I'm most confident in, and as it's reflected in the power rankings, rankings one to three. Number four, the Eagles at 13-3. and three. Again, haven't had Jalen Hurts the past two weeks, so that's been tough considering he's, I think, should be the MVP. Maybe we'll see. We got one more week to go. I think if he comes back and has a big game against the Giants and the Eagles secure the top seed in the NFC, we'll see what happens with the other guys, including Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, but hard for me to pick against Hurts as the MVP with the way he played this year. But the concern is the defense. They've given up too much, too many big plays through the air the past two games, and they need to get that sorted out. And they're heavily favored this week, 14-point favorites against the Giants, who we'll get to in a bit, might be resting their starters. Number five, the Niners. We're in a closer game than expected against the Raiders last week. Brock Purdy and the offense were great, and they came out with a win in a shootout. So it was an off day for the defense, maybe a wake-up call heading into this week against Arizona as they look to get to 13-4. And Christian McCaffrey is dealing with the minor ankle injury, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. And also San Francisco, they designated to return running back Elijah Mitchell for the second time this season. He returned to practice yesterday, and he's looking to return to the lineup, hopefully by the start of the playoffs, and we'll see maybe he'll play this week too. Number six, the Cowboys. The two interceptions from Dak Prescott were concerned. Again, he's surprisingly, I, I don't know what it is, but some of it has, I'm sure, been on receivers, including the Packers game, uh, some miscommunications where I think he threw three picks. But they have to cut down on turnovers on offense. But I do like how they've gotten Dalton Schultz going. T.Y. Hilton looks like a great addition to the receiving group. He's made plays since he's joined the team. And C.D. Lamb, he's emerged as a borderline superstar receiver, I think. Number seven, the Chargers at 10-6. and six. There was some added pride on the line in the Battle of Los Angeles. But the Chargers took care of business, handled the Rams. Defense remains hot as of late. Mike Williams looking healthy, maybe had the catch of the year last week. I mean, there's been a lot of great catches, but Williams was really outstanding on the sideline, one-handed spinning catch. Austin Eckler, I'm sure, carried many teams to fantasy championships. They're a sneaky team to watch, I think, if the defense can play like they've been playing. And they got Joey Bosa back, star pass rusher from his uh, core muscle issue. He had surgery, I think it was in September, and he said he feels better than he's held in years now. So that's a scary thought for opposing offensive lines with Bosa, Khalil Mack coming off the edge. Number eight, the Vikings at 12-4. and four. Justin Jefferson was held to just one catch, and nobody else did much either for Minnesota in their blowout loss at Lambeau Field. They've been far too inconsistent despite being 12-4. and four. As I've said before, it doesn't feel like they're really this good of a team as their record shows. We'll see. Maybe they can get hot, but definitely some concern with the Vikings on both sides of the ball including the pass defense as they look to week 18 and gear for the playoffs at number nine, the bucks now at eight and eight comeback win over the Panthers last week. They clinched the NFC South and comeback wins for the bucks. That's been big this year. Obviously the one Monday night against the saints. And then last week against the Panthers might've been the difference in the division. 
Mike Evans finally got going, caught three long touchdowns last week. Chris Godwin gets healthier and healthier, coming off the torn ACL from last December, or two Decembers ago, I guess you could say now. Defense remains inconsistent also, another group that's been inconsistent, but the upside is huge. I'm not counting out the Bucks making a run in the NFC playoffs, especially with teams like the Eagles and the Vikings looking a little more vulnerable right now, and you just don't really bet against Tom Brady. So rounding out the top 10 at number 10, the Giants. Blew out the Colts last week. Extremely good sign that they took care of a team like that the way they did. The Kayvon Thibodeau situation wasn't great with him celebrating after Nick Foles was injured. Won't get too much into that, but Thibodeau's played well on the field. Daniel Jones is getting huge respect, at least from his teammates. We'll see if the media turns and after they basically laughed, like, I don't know, uncontrollably when he was selected by the Giants, sixth overall, if the media starts giving him some respect too. And it's just a gritty group that finds a way to win some games. And they're at 9-6-1, and one, clinch the playoff spot for the first time since 2016. And now locked into the five seed. Going to Philadelphia this week, I'm thinking they're going to rest their starters. It sounds like at first they were going to go hard, which I kind of like. They might want to rest and especially Saquon Barkley, keep him fresh for a postseason run. Number 11, the Ravens were up against the Steelers. Blew another lead. Offense didn't offer much help throughout the night. Although it was a typical Ravens-Steelers type game. And Pittsburgh has, despite splitting the series this year, the Steelers have had Baltimore's number for the past few seasons. And the Lamar Jackson situation doesn't look like he's going to play this week either. It's been a month since he's practiced. And the thought was he'd be back in one to three weeks. Obviously, that's not been the case. And we'll see if even the contract is the big thing really that people point to to why he's not playing right now and we'll see if he gets in there when the playoffs begin because it doesn't look like he'll play in the regular season finale against the Bengals at number 12 the Jaguars 8-8 eight and eight. I should say really this I guess 10 to 15 17 somewhere in that range the rankings could certainly vary a bit the Titans they'll need good quarterback play we'll get to them later and good offensive line play and for the defense to get healthy but all of these teams, they have some good things about them to go on a potential run. But yeah, the Jaguars at 12-8-8 record. Blew out the Texans last week, so similar to the Giants. Good that they blew out an inferior team like that. AFC South Championship game is what this Sunday, or this Saturday, amounts to. It was put in the Saturday night time slot with Chiefs Raiders coming earlier on Saturday. The big task for them will be stopping Derrick Henry who had a week of rest last week with the Titans looking ahead to week 18. And big spot here for Trevor Lawrence in his second season looking to get to the playoffs. And he kept it up last week. He's been playing about as well as anyone at quarterback over the past several weeks. The Packers coming in at number 13, 8-8. Defense is red hot right now. Jair Alexander said the week one performance from Justin Jefferson was a fluke. He shattered Jefferson on... The majority of snaps last week, and he might have had some safety help a lot, but he backed up the talk. Green Bay defense is forcing turnovers. They had a kick return touchdown from Keyshawn Nixon, who's been amazing as a returner for the Packers. They had a pick six. The offense is balanced with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's really come on as of late. Again, late in the season, he's not a fun guy to tackle, I wouldn't think, especially at Lambeau Field where this Sunday night against the Lions final game of the regular season 
barring the Bengals and Bills playing a week later. It should definitely be a fun environment at Lambeau. And I wouldn't discount the Lions winning the game, pulling off the upset. But the Packers have been basically unbeatable late in seasons at home. And with the way things are set up, I wouldn't be shocked at all if it turns into a Packers-Bucks NFC title game in Tampa. That would be quite the turn of events if that happens with how bad the teams have looked at times this season. But a long way to go to that, and Packers looking to clinch this week against the Lions. At 14, the Patriots 8-8. Eight and eight, Got a gritty win over the Dolphins last week against Teddy Bridgewater, and then Skylar Thompson came in after Bridgewater hurt his finger. New England's defense, to me, remains one of the best in the league. And as I've said before, I think they can beat just about anyone, except for maybe their Week 18 opponent, the Bills. They just haven't matched up well with them at all in the past few years. And again, some tough officiating in three games in particular this season, which maybe could have swung things. We'll see if they can sneak in the playoffs even with a loss. One scenario for them, if they lose, is both the Dolphins against the Jets and the Steelers against the Browns losing, in which case New England would be the number seven seed in the AFC. And I think they would be a fun team to see in the playoffs with Belichick scheming against some of the top offenses in the league. They already played the Bengals tight, despite getting blown out in the first half. But it'll be fun to see who gets the final walker spot in the AFC with the Steelers and the Dolphins also at 8-8. Eight and eight. And also, if the Jaguars happen to lose to the Titans, that's something to keep in mind. They could also get the wildcard spot, depending on what else happens in other games. It's brain-twisting scenarios, really, at this time, trying to figure out seeding and who will make the playoffs. But at Buffalo's tough, Patriots might need some help to get in. At 15, the Titans, they can't rely on anyone for help. They need to snap this losing streak and beat the Jaguars on Saturday night to win the AFC South. Been a tough stretch for them with all the injuries. Again, last week they weren't going super hard. They rested Derrick Henry. And they gave Josh Dobbs a shot, who they just signed recently at quarterback. Has some experience in the league. Played at a high level during his college career at Tennessee. And I thought he did a nice job running the offense. And he'll be starting Saturday night after showing good things last Thursday against the Cowboys. The path to victory, I think, for Tennessee is riding Derrick Henry. I'm sure he'll get 25 to 30 carries. Whatever they have drawn up to get him involved as a receiver, they'll probably pull that out. And we'll see how healthy the defense is. Kevin Byard had two interceptions last week. Star player to keep an eye on, obviously, at safety. And I'm excited for that Saturday night matchup. At 16, the Lions at 8-8. Eight and eight, Major bounce-back effort for them in handling the Bears in Week 17. DeAndre Swift got going against Chicago. Jared Goff continues to play well at quarterback. The defense especially bounced back last week after getting run all over the previous game against the or against the uh, Panthers. And with how things are set up, if the Seahawks beat the Rams, the Lions are out of the playoff mix. But if the Seahawks lose, it's a win and end game on Sunday night, which would be awesome. But either way, I think the Lions under Dan Campbell, they're going to play super hard. I believe what Campbell said was if they can't get in, no one can get in. In other words, they're going to try to at least keep the Packers out if they don't have a shot themselves to make the playoffs. And again, Lambeau, tough spot to play. In December, January for sure. At 17, the Steelers at 8-8. Eight eight, two straight primetime games. Kenny Pickett's led game-winning drives, fourth quarter comebacks. He hasn't put up huge numbers as a rookie. Really below average numbers as a rookie. But he came through when it matters most past two weeks. Pittsburgh now in a good spot to potentially make the playoffs. They're favored against the Browns. While the Patriots and the Dolphins are underdogs in their matchups. 
And if it plays out like that, then the Steelers can grab the final wildcard spot. Again, you just don't, I've said it countless times the past two years, especially with people being down on the Steelers. You just don't count out Mike Tomlin's team really ever. And you can see he exudes confidence pretty much every game. And he gets his team to believe. At 18, the Seahawks at 8-8. Offense did a good job last week. Ken Walker ran well again. It was good to get Tyler Lockett back. But what really stood out for the Seahawks was the play of the defense. They were flying around. Secondary was making plays. Again, a young group on defense. And I really like the direction they're headed. If they don't get in this year, defense can make a major step next season, I think. And maybe get back to being one of the top units in the league. And I would think Seattle will re-sign Geno Smith with the way he played in 2022. But remember, they're going to have one of the top, a top five draft pick, it looks like, from the Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade. So we'll see. Maybe they want to bring in another quarterback, like a Bryce Young type, who I think is worth the top pick in the draft if he slips a bit out of the top two or three picks. So whatever happens, it's been a good season for the Seahawks, exceeding outside expectations. At 19, the Dolphins, they've gone from winning streak to losing streak to winning streak to losing streak all year. Couldn't find a way to get the win at Foxborough last week. Now it looks like Skylar Thompson's going to start against the Jets. Miami had a tough time against New York in the first matchup. We'll see if Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can get loose this time around. Should be a close game. And similarly, whatever happens, Mike McDaniel, he's done a really good job his first year as head coach of the Dolphins. And of course, heading into the offseason, if Miami doesn't make it, we have to keep an eye on the status of Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback who's had a few concussions this year. It's a scary situation. And if the Dolphins do make it, I still I don't think we'll see Tua again this season. I think he maybe needs some time off, and, and I assume he would love to keep playing. And I'm guessing several months off, hopefully, he'll be okay to give it a go again in 2023. At number 20, the Saints at 7-9. and nine. Defense has stepped up in a big way down the stretch. Not enough to make the playoffs. But they're seven and nine right now. Chance to get to eight and nine if they could beat the Panthers this week. Dennis Allen certainly looks like he'll be back next year. It looked like the Saints were going to give a potential top five to seven pick to the Eagles. So give them credit for battling back, and they're not going to give a pick anywhere that high after trading away their first in a surprising trade last offseason. And the big thing for them in the offseason is quarterback. We'll see what they do. Andy Dalton did a good job of just taking care of the ball, operating the offense. I would think they want to upgrade, though, and see if they can give it a go with a veteran defense next year. At 21, the Jets also 7-9. Rough week at Seattle last week. Scored just six points. It's been up and down for the offense, no matter who's been a quarterback. Although Mike White, he did a good job, showed some things. I mean, the team won games with Zach Wilson at quarterback, and the Jets are backing him, say they're sticking with him. I'm not sure about that. A fresh start might be best for both sides, considering just because the fans are so down on Wilson right now, and it's hard to play well getting booed like that. Although Eli Manning with the Giants, he had some tough times early in his career playing in New York, and he bounced back. He won two Super Bowls. But overall, another team, the Jets, that need to figure out the quarterback spot, whether it's moving forward with White, bringing someone in, trying to reset Wilson and see what they can get out of the number two, former number two pick. I wasn't high on the Jets coming into this season. However, I think they exceeded expectations, and Robert Sal and Joe Douglas did a nice job last offseason in particular, and we'll see if they can build on that. 22, Commander, 7-8-1. and one. 
Carson Wentz was inserted back in the starting lineup last week. He hadn't played in a while. Well, he did play the previous week, but hadn't started a game in a while. Didn't play well through interceptions. And that the commanders, they're eliminated from playoff contention. So that was disappointing. There are some good things to build on for them. Brian Robinson in the running game along with an emerging defense with a potent front four. Chase Young didn't play till very late in the year. And with them also, the question is quarterback. That's with a lot of these teams down in the lower half of the power rankings. If I'm the commanders, I'm doing whatever I can to get up in the draft and get Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. I think he'd be an awesome fit with Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Robinson at running back. But really the biggest story for them, I guess, this offseason is whether Dan Snyder actually sells the team or if he takes a, another minority owner or whatever. The thought is he is going to sell the entire team, not just a stake in it. And Jeff Bezos has been the one that's been talked about if that does happen. And he can probably offer more than anyone. So number 23, the Panthers at 6-10. and 10, Had the lead against Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay last week. Couldn't quite hold on. Tough loss, but they should be proud of the way they battled this year. Again, I think they pulled the plug a bit too early on Matt Rule. I think maybe he could have had this up a year too, where they're in the mix in a weak division. But you got to give Steve Wilkes a ton of credit for the job he did as the interim head coach. There was a report that owner David Tepper called Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh to discuss the head coaching job. Seems like preliminary discussions. But I mean, whoever gets Harbaugh, that would be a slam dunk hire, I think. At the same time, Wilkes, I think he's earned the full-time head coaching job, and I expect he's the heavy favorite to keep it. And they definitely, they're also quarterback situation. Sam Darnold, he took care of the ball down the stretch, helped them get into position for potential playoff berth. Whoever does take the job, they have some dynamic pieces to work with on defense, which is a major positive. Good offensive line. I think there's stuff to work with in Carolina. At 24, the Raiders, 6-10. and 10. I like Jarrett Stidham coming out of Auburn a few years ago when the Patriots selected him in the fourth round. He has a live arm, can run around a little bit, good size, and clearly showed some good things facing maybe the best defense in the league in the Niners last week. He's more comfortable, as I said last week might be the case, just more comfortable in Josh McDaniel's system, being in it when he was with the Patriots and McDaniels was in New England. And we'll see how he can fare against the Chiefs. Maybe he can make a case to be the quarterback moving forward. I would think if Tom Brady happens to become available, they'll go hard after him, considering the relationship between McDaniels and Brady. And the fact that if you believe Dana White's story, which seems to be true, that Brady was going to go to the Raiders until Gruden, John Gruden at the last minute, I guess, said no, is what the story was. And there's pieces there too. We'll see if they can get Josh Jacobs to a long-term extension or maybe they franchise tag him. They have Devontae Adams at receiver, arguably still the best in the league. Max Crosby as a cornerstone pass rusher. And one of the best stadiums in the league and a franchise I think players want to play for. So we'll see what they can do this offseason, including, again, a quarterback. At 25, the Rams, 5-11. and 11, Talked about how they had a tough time against the Chargers last week. They battled, but didn't really have the manpower, I don't think, to keep up. Tons of injuries for their defending champs, part of why they were only 5-11 and 11 this year. And looking to get to 6-11 and 11 to potentially upset the Seahawks, keep them out of the playoffs. Ton of uncertainty. Aaron Donald apparently considered retirement last offseason. We'll see where that stands this year. Sean McVay has in the past considered jumping to the broadcast booth. There are rumors that could maybe happen. Matthew Stafford dealing with a neck issue. Baker Mayfield showed good things. Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson both were injured. 
they might want to recoup some draft capital at some point with trades. So an interesting offseason for the Rams for sure. Ultimately, they might all come back and reload and give it a go next year to see if they can bounce back after a disappointing season. 26, the Browns. They're at 7-9. They got a win over the Commanders last week. Defense made some plays. But overall, they still stay down at 26 in the power rankings. I don't like what I've seen down the stretch from the offense led by Deshaun Watson. Maybe a full offseason and then not missing uh, half the year will help him play better next year. But it's been a down season for Cleveland. The hope was the defense would become like a top unit been too inconsistent. So that hasn't happened. Look really bad at times, especially against the run. And we'll see what changes are made this offseason, if any, if there are big changes made. But I would think Kevin Stefanski is safe for another year, despite I know a lot of Browns fans aren't quite happy with him all the time. And I strongly believe that they need to feed Nick Chubb the ball more. Looking to get to 8-9, which would be more respectable, and upset the Steelers, ensure that the Steelers don't make the playoffs. We'll see if Nick Chubb gets a heavy dose finally, can finally find the end zone again. And Chubb hasn't scored since the end of November, which is borderline unacceptable. 27, the Falcons, 6-10. and 10. Desmond Ritter led the team to a late field goal on a game-winning drive against the Cardinals last week. Probably would have been better for them heading into the offseason if this week against the Bucks was more meaningful, if they could have maybe kept Tampa Bay out of the postseason. Instead, they'll look to just build on what they've been doing as of late with the Ritter at quarterback. Again, super run-heavy under Arthur Smith. Tyler Algieri and Cordero Patterson. It looks like a good duo. We'll see if they bring Patterson back again. And I think if veteran defensive coordinator Dean Pease stays for 2023, he's coached a lot of years in the NFL. He might want to retire. Who knows? But if he stays, I like their chances of making a big step there if they can add more pieces around guys like A.J. Terrell in the offseason. Number 28, the Cardinals, 4-12. and like the Rams, dealt with countless injuries this season. We've gotten insight on the team in Hard Knocks. I've been impressed by Cliff Kingsbury, the way he's handled a tough year. But my thinking is, owner Michael Bidwell is going to go for a reset, I think. Steve Kime, he's on a leave of absence. As for last week, I was surprised they didn't give Trace McSorley another shot at quarterback. As I said last week, I think he's promising as a potential backup option at least. But you can see David Blau, I think he has more comfort, more experience in the league, and more comfort running Kingsbury's offense. And they'll look to pull an improbable upset against the Niners this week to conclude the season on a high note and what'll be J.J. Watt's last game. And it's cool for Watt. He got to 10 sacks last week. This is based off the Hard Knocks episode last night, stuff I'm remembering. He's played in every stadium in the league, except for this, the two games the past two weeks. So last week at Atlanta and this week at San Francisco. So that's really cool how it worked out like that. His final two games are the last two stadiums he didn't play at. And his final home game was at, on Christmas night. And I'm sure Arizona, they want to send JJ out with a win if possible. But again, a tough task against the Niners. And again, I talked about it last week, but another hat tip to Watt for an outstanding career and for being respected highly all around the league. And definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. Number 29, the Broncos. Talked about how they play the Chiefs relatively tough last week. Russell Wilson ran for a touchdown. We might see more of that next season if they use his legs more. Another team to watch for Jim Harbaugh, I think. New ownership, apparently, they're going to do whatever it takes to get the candidate they want. Don't have the first-round pick, so an uphill climb there. 
they need some kind of reset with, I think, the culture and everything to see if they can take this roster forward and bounce back and compete in 2023. And after the game, you could see Wilson, he got emotional a bit, talking about his teammates who had his back. With I don't think anyone's been more criticized than Wilson this season, which I think is somewhat unfair. Some of the attacks have felt a little personal from people, and he might rub people the wrong way. People consider him corny or whatever, but however, as I've said before, like he seems like a really great guy, a good guy. I, I don't, it doesn't seem like the type of person to hate on. Not that there is anyone to hate on, but he doesn't seem like someone that should be high on the list. 30, the Texans were playing good as of late. Last week against the Jaguars didn't go well. With a loss, they clinched the number one pick this week. I think they just want to win a game. Lovey Smith wants to get back to where they were before last week, the final stretch. They were playing pretty well. And he's looking to save his job. If they go 2-14-1, even if they get a win and go 3-13-1, it might be tough for him to get a second year as a head coach. Although it would be weird for GM Nick Casario to get three head coaches in three seasons. That would be kind of odd. But facing Colts in Week 18, definitely shot to get a win and end the year on a high note. 31, the Bears, 3-14. and 14. Justin Fields is out this week with the hip injury. It was tough to evaluate them. They need to support Fields with more talent on offense, and the defense dealt with injuries down the stretch, traded Roquan Smith at the trade deadline to the Ravens. And I'd say there's a decent shot they end up with the number one pick, and we'll see where they would take that. Might prefer to trade down if possible. I'm not sure this is a draft where we'll have a team trade up. Maybe someone will fall in love with Bryce Young, who I think is top quarterback, or Cedar Stroud, or somebody else, Will Levis maybe, who's getting some hype in the media. But if the Bears, whatever they do with their top pick, I would think they're going to, in this draft, probably target defense, maybe hope for Will Anderson out of Alabama off the edge to improve Matt Eberflus's unit there. And then finally, 32, the Colts. They're at about rock bottom now, blown out by the Giants, who aren't that like overwhelming of a superstar roster or anything. And they were just no match. They're getting blown out too much. Jeff Saturday, undoubtedly a good leader. I think maybe he could do a good job with the full-time gig. I don't think it's that likely he gets it now after the team didn't show great signs down the stretch. Jonathan Taylor is banged up essentially all season. He can be a major force if the offensive line can improve, given his talent level. And that's the biggest thing. They need to improve the offensive line, along with getting quarterbacks sorted out. And I'm sure they'll try to get involved in veteran options once again with Derek Carr maybe being atop that list. I'm not sure Harbaugh will be that interested in that spot despite playing for the Colts in the past. But on the field, I think that might be a good match with Jonathan Taylor, young run, young superstar running back. If the offensive line can step back up and play to an elite level like they're capable of or were capable of in the past at least, could be an intriguing spot for Harbaugh. But the Colts, one of many mystery team to look at this offseason at both quarterback and head coach. So we'll end the episode there. Thank you all for listening. I'm going to ask that you continue to keep DeMar Hamlin in your prayers like I am. There's been very encouraging signs, which is awesome to hear. And hopefully the progress continues and he can get back to who he was just a few days ago before the scary incident on Monday night. With that said, enjoy all the games this week. Thank you for listening and we'll be back next week. 